everybody, TLC here with our 11th episode. Today we are going to be talking about, uh, this is another abortion episode, but today we're going to be talking about um, specifically men and fathers, but I mean men generally in abortion, and abortion, in the pro-life movement, which does concern abortion, and like what our uh, roles are, what the roles of men are. And how the pro-life movement can or should be really focusing more on that role of men. Why they should be doing that. And how. Anyway. Starting off today, I wanted to mention something that is kind of weird that I, uh, I did notice in the news. And it's that in New York, you guys have probably heard of this by now. It's been around for a while. But there's like this really creepy idol statue about abortion that's, like, supposed to be based off of RBG. Like, I I don't really understand. You can look it up because it's a bit strange to describe. It's a large golden statue of a woman about eight feet tall. Uh, She doesn't have any arms. She doesn't have any clothes on, but she has, like, weird squid tentacles and, like, demon horns. Like, I, I really don't know why we're kind of just heading back to the Old Testament there, but, like, you know, what? That's, whatever, guys. These people have gone a bit off the rails. I'm sure most people did not want a crazy abortion goddess demoness statue on their uh, city council building. But, you know what? The government people are kind of strange sometimes. So we'll leave it at that. Basically, uh, pray for those people. Pray that God doesn't disintegrate New York like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, basically just, uh, you know, we need some church people talking about this. Like some priests, pastors, bishops, anything maybe would be nice if they mentioned the gigantic demon statue eight feet tall in the middle of one of the biggest, most prominent cities in the country. Like, you know, it would be nice if somebody mentioned that on the uh, clergy side. But, you know, if they don't, then I guess it'll just be up to us to talk about that and make sure that that thing does not go anywhere and is perfectly melted into a just pool of evil dust or something I don't know I just read that that thing is really creepy it's very disturbing you can look it up if you want it's just it's just very very strange I really think that it's like a sign of us kind of really being how we are regressing as a culture into all these crazy evil demonic things like it's just completely completely insane nothing like I'd ever thought could possibly even be a thing. Like, when I was, like, younger, so when I was, like, eight, so what, that's, like, seven years ago? Seven to nine years ago? I was not thinking... Yeah, I was not thinking that there would be, like, idol statues in America. But here we are with some demon abortion idol statue. Anyway, I spent too much time on the demon abortion idol statue. It's bad. We can all agree it's bad. We just need some people to talk about it. Thought you guys should know. It's very bad. 
talk about it, make sure everybody knows it's bad. Anyway, uh, topic at hand today, we are going to be talking about uh, how the pro-life movement can and should be focused more on men. Not that they should focus more on men than the women, they should just focus more on men than they have been doing already, because they haven't really been doing it much. Before we get into that, we have our quick meme of the day. This one is kind of simple. It's actually drawn by somebody, I think. Pretty sure it's just a cartoon. It's basically a guy looks kind of dejected in a beat-up pink feminist hat. Like, you know those weird hats they wear at the March for Life that make like this, the creepy, like, pointed-ear pig hats? I don't know what that has to do with women. Like, it literally looks like you're trying to cosplay as a pig. Like, what message is this sending that all of the women are wearing pig ears? I'm very confused. I don't understand it at all. But then again, I don't understand most things that feminists do. So, there. Anyway, he's just, like, um, saying a bunch of, you know, uh, spouting off pro-abortion things. Women need abortion. They will determine unwanted pregnancy is human right. Women are livestock. Their body, their choice. And then in the next panel, it's the guy just pushing him off a cliff slowly. <laughs> and I know, I know, I don't, I'm gonna get like canceled or something because you can't kill people. You're not supposed to kill pro abortion people. And I know that it's a joke. Obviously, please don't actually push anybody off of a cliff, no matter how much their pro abortion non logic makes you want to. We are trying to not murder anybody since we are the pro life movement. It would be preferable if we didn't, you know, kill people. Anyway, on to the topic of the episode today. We have why the pro-life movement should focus more on fathers than they do already. Pro-life should be pro-dad as well. Anyway, we know that men are already kind of marginalized by society, uh, thanks to progressivism and feminism and all that ism. But those things are supposed to say kind of outside of the pro-life movement. Like, usually they want to stay outside of the pro-life movement. Like, most feminists want nothing to do with us, which is fine by me. Unfortunately, though, it seems that some of these things, uh, specifically the marginalization of men, have wormed their way into the pro-life movement. I don't say that any pro-lifers, like, marginalize men. Marginalized is probably the wrong word. Maybe more underappreciate. Like, men don't really get big, you know, uh, importance in society. It tends to be very focused around women and how great women are. And when men aren't being called, you know, rapists and misogynists and sexists, they tend to kind of be like, they're like, cool, okay, he's a guy. And that's not to say that men are never praised ever, but the amount of praise they get is so disproportionate to the amount of praise that women get, generally speaking. And especially outside of movements that are more conservative, like the pro-life movement, but even inside those movements, it's less so. And I'm not attacking the pro-life movement or anything like that, so don't take it the wrong way. I love the pro-life movement. I'm a part of the pro-life movement, albeit a very small part for now. But I just think that pro-lifers are kind of glossing over an issue that I personally think is the crux of what we're all fighting, the very heart of the problem. 
like what I'm referring to here is the removal of the head of the nuclear family, the father. I mean, of course, you'd be hard pressed to find a pro-lifer that is against the nuclear family. But like most pro-life slogans and merch and whatnot are focused around this like love them both concept. As in like love the mother and the baby. And they just leave out the father there. So I understand that the slogan is meant to be like a reference to the fact that we don't have to kill the baby to support the mother and her rights. We can love them both. And I also understand that love all three of them does not roll off the tongue the same way. Now, is this just me being petty? Maybe a little bit. But we do know that from the Bible, God established a family with a man as the protector and a woman as the caregiver. And there really aren't that many pro-life organizations that make it their mission to support the pro-life men and those fathers. At least that I know of. I mean, I'd be very willing to hear about any that any big pro-life organizations that do, or just any in general, because the only two that I know about are not that big, and I will name them for you now. The bigger one is Sisters for Life, which is actually pretty big. I'd say they're somewhere in the middle, leaning toward bigger on this pro-life on the scale of like pro-life organizations. Anyway, they have a program where men can either volunteer to help families with making space for the new baby by, like, moving furniture and helping build stuff and whatnot. And they also have a counseling program for new fathers, where fathers and other men can come to counsel the new fathers on how to, you know, do dad stuff, I guess, which is actually really cool. I love that. It's a great thing. I think that uh, it's very important, because I think that um, being a father is difficult. Lots of people go into it not really knowing what to do, being a parent in general. But... It's just very important for the father because we've seen the effect of fatherlessness. I did an episode on that already. I'm thinking of doing another one at some point later on to just reinforce that. But there is a big, big, big problem with fatherlessness that we see in our society. And we know from our society that the issues that come with fatherlessness, including a much larger rate of incarceration, uh, becoming going in gangs, failing school, going on drugs, committing suicide, all of these things raise exponentially without a father in the home. So definitely very important and great work the sisters are doing there, so I applaud them on that. The other organization that I absolutely love after going to their website, which I only did this morning actually, because I was trying to find some other organization to show you guys today, but I just couldn't really find one besides this one. It's called Fathers for Life. And they're just they're just amazing. Anyway, uh, let me show you right here. Okay. So when you go to their homepage, it's like uh, it's the most old looking thing ever. It looks so low quality. It, it, it's kind of sad. Like it, it, it's like worse quality than like the county page. Like, you know, how they have, like, a county website or the city or township website. Like, it looks like that, but somehow worse. Anyway, um, but when you actually start reading it, it's so amazing that you just, you know the people who do this are legit. They are the real deal. So you have, like, a few pictures of, like, dads with their families. It's all very nice and cool. Anyway, the website reads, The website Fathers for Life is in defense of men and fathers. 
It promotes fathers within, not without families. Deadbeat fathers are a very small, minuscule minority and are not representative of all men, just as deadbeat mothers are not representative of all mothers or women. However, we hear incessantly about deadbeat or violent fathers and men, while feminist activists and the feminist-dominated media sweep the issue of deadbeat mothers and far greater numbers of violent women, in all cases of domestic violence, especially when it comes to violence against children, under the carpet. Our website illustrates how the all-pervasive vilification of men, of fathers, and of the traditional nuclear family grew out of the systematic implementation of the international agenda for the planned destruction of the family. They're really into it, guys. <laughs> anyway, then they have like some highlights things and stuff and whatnot, but my favorite part of the website is on the very bottom here, where there's just, just well, it's not the very bottom, it's like the bottom of that but there's like a little more after it. There's like some charts and stuff. Anyway, big uh, in big red letters it says, "Warning: This site contains news and commentaries pertaining to fatherhood, fatherlessness, family issues, gender politics, and the planned destruction deconstruction of our society." The news items and other information found on this website reflect a conservative perspective and can be disturb can can be disturbing to liberals. <laughs> <laughs> So this this is how you know these guys are the real deal. Now they're a little bit like, I guess what you'd call conspiracy theory-ish. Uh, but, I mean, to be fair, pretty much all of the conspiracy theories came true so far. COVID was manufactured, which is most likely. I mean, we don't know 100%, but we have a lot of evidence now with what not with Fauci and the new crazy Pfizer guy. You've probably seen him, I'm sure. And uh, all the, you know, all the crowd things, you you guys know your conspiracy theories and you know that most of them are true and which makes us feel like the other ones that we don't know about being true are also true. Like even the JFK one was true. And that's like the OG conspiracy theory. Anyway, back to the actual topic. It's just sad that such a great website for clearly what is such a great organization uh, like, it doesn't really have much to it. It's like, it looks very old-fashioned and kind of, like, bad. And it's not as eye-catching as websites for some bigger, bigger organizations, which obviously makes sense because they don't have much funding. But the fact that they have not been picked up, because, I mean, they're easy to find. You just look up Fathers for Life and you'll find them. And I'm sure they've like, heard of the organization, like, I'm sure big people have heard of it somehow that would be possibly willing to donate. But, like, organizations that mainly support fathers seem to just not get as much support from even the pro-life movement, which is pro-nuclear family. And you can't have the nuclear family without fathers. And when I say, like, pro-life movement is pro-nuclear family, I understand there are some people in the pro-life movement who aren't. I mean, who, like, are, I guess, not exactly pro-nuclear family because there are secular pro-lifers who may not be. There are LGBTQ pro-lifers, I know that. I'm just saying the general, like, overarching main pro-life movement is rooted in, like, conservative Christians mostly. So, like, you know, th those people are definitely 100% should be nuclear pro-nuclear family. Point being, 
We really need to focus on getting more support for fathers in big places in the pro-life movement. We have come very far since Roe. We have overturned Roe. Roe is gone. We have got tons of laws in tons of states. We are doing an incredible, incredible job to just make sure that abortion is as going to be gone as quickly as possible and as few more people are going to die as we can. We're trying to save as many, many lives as we can. But if we want to go further, if we want to reach the epitome of what we can do, we cannot underestimate how useful it is to have strong men on our side and strong fathers. There was a movie a little while ago came out called The Ma- The Matter of Life. It was this pro-life documentary. You've probably heard of it, may have watched it. It was only out for like a day or two, I think. Uh, funny story, when we went to watch it, the movie theater forgot to turn it on. Just funny how these things happen. So uh, my mom went and actually had to uh, tell them to turn on the movie because they were like 20 minutes late to even turn the thing on. It was kind of, kind of sad. But this is how we get treated sometimes, guys. It's it's okay. This is how our stuff gets treated. Hollywood and generally people tend to not like our uh, stuff and the fact that we're pro-life and so open about it. But we have to remember that really deep down, a lot of these people are pro-life too, or at least more pro-life than they say, or more pro-life than the psychopaths who think they can eat newborn children and all of these things. Like, I don't know what these people are doing anymore, but we are not the minority in the culture. As much as it is the pro-abortionists' job to make us feel that way, we have a lot of support, and we can do this. However, one of the best ways to do this is to focus on men and fathers, which brings me back to what I was going to say about the movie. It is that in the movie, they said the three things that Planned Parenthood and the abortionists are most afraid of are Christians, parents, and men. And in terms of men, they want weak men. They want submissive men who won't bat an eye or raise a finger as their children are slaughtered because they admit that it, they will just accept that it's for women's rights and go along with it because they don't have a backbone. That's what they want. Planned Parenthood is afraid of strong men because strong men, especially strong men who are founded in God, which is why they're afraid of Christians, will remember that it is their duty to protect their wives and their children and raise a family, which is why they are also afraid of parents. Strong men rooted in these things will not abandon their wives or force them into abortions like some men do. Instead, they'll care for their wives and will care for their wife, as in like each man will care specifically for his wife. We're not polygamists, I swear. Anyway, (laughs) and they will care for their children. However, the men of today have been beaten down so much by society. Many men suffer with depression, suicidal tendencies, large amounts of stress, and many men do not 
turn to God, you know, have faith in God to relieve themselves of these things. They depend on society to do it, and when they do not get that support from society, they turn to lots of other bad things, like drugs and other addictions, just send them further down into the hole, exactly where the abortionists want them. This is where they want us. They want us to be weak. They want us to be desolate and depressed and miserable so they keep doing whatever they want without any kind of opposition. And I know I'm not saying that women can't oppose the abortion lobby. They have been doing an incredible job of that. Pretty much all big pro-life organizations are run by women. Like, I'm not going to say that women aren't doing a great job. Women are doing an incredible job. I love what they're doing. I applaud them strongly for it. But it is a truth that if strong men also had this same conviction, it is a lot less likely that Planned Parenthood and their abortionists could have killed over 63 million babies, ruined millions of families, and nearly destroyed our entire culture. I think that we, if we had just, you know, really worked together, this could have been avoided. There were strong men throughout this fight, too. The March for Life was started by a man, and there are all kinds of other strong men that haven't been doing things out in the spotlight that also deserve their praise and applause, which I will give them now. But still, there are still a lot, way too many men who are weak, and who do not stand up to this because they think that they'll be seen for a society as misogynists or something. And it is really, really, really not worth it to let multiple children be slaughtered so that you don't get called a sexist by some fat lady on Twitter. Like, seriously, people, you need to, as the saying goes, man up. And then on the other side of this, People need to be supportive of men that have that want to go, you know, uh, fight against abortion. No, I'm not biased because I'm a young, albeit man, that wants to go fight against abortion and could use some financial support. But <laughs> physical and emotional support are also very nice and very necessary because, again, as I said, men are suffering with all kinds of depression and things that women aren't as often. More men are depressed and suicidal than women are. That is a fact a statistic. And men also have to suffer through things like women getting abortions without the man's consent. And I'm not like I'm not saying that the ma- getting the man's consent makes it better. That just makes it complicit murder. But imagine one day coming home to the woman you love, And her telling you that she killed your child. Like, what? And then, and nobody talks about this. Literally, even in the pro-life movement, people do not talk about this. So, why? Why? Where are the people coming out to support men in these kind of situations? Because these aren't rare. In fact, they're kind of common. Which is sick. But still, like, why why is nobody supporting them? We always hear the story of the woman who was forced into the abortion, the woman who got the abortion because she was scared of her abusive boyfriend, 
the woman who got an abortion because her husband didn't want to, her boyfriend didn't want to have, didn't want to commit. But we never hear the stories about men who wanted a child, who were willing to go all the way, willing to get married and all of this. And then the woman goes and kills the baby. And like, oh, well, sorry, too bad. Women's rights pulls out a pink hat from her butthole. Like, what? And nobody hears about this. This is not a thing that is talked about in the pro-life movement often. It's obviously not nobody cares on the other side. They enjoy doing that. They support that. Like, people who talk about it get attacked all over, obviously. Like, men who try to come out about the experience they had with something like this. But, like, where is the support from the pro-life movement? Again, if we cannot mobilize strong men to support and help the strong women that have already been leading this, then we're going to lose in the end. Like it, Or we're going to be stuck in this weird stalemate position where half the country is pro-life and the other half is pro-abortion for the rest of eternity. So if we want to win which I do, and I'm pretty sure all of you want to as well, then we need to have strong men because we know that Planned Parenthood and the abortionists do not like strong men. And we know that God wanted men to be the protectors of their children, to be the protectors of their wives, and do this job that they are not doing. If anything, I should be seeing this support, at least from, like, Christian pro-lifers, but not even that. So far, the only real support I've seen for this issue is coming from the secular pro-life organization. Like, they're literally called secular pro-life. They may have another name. I, I think that is their name, though. I mean, you can look them up. I'm sure they'll come up. The symbol is like a white, cir- white thing background with like a black silhouette of a baby. Pretty simple. But yeah, so... Have we Christians, like, forgotten the whole purpose of the man's role in a family or something? We need atheists to tell us how, why, men should also, why men shouldn't be, like, kind of put aside in the movement? Like, come on, guys. I don't have really anything against atheists, but as Christians, we should, be, should have been the first ones to jump on this. And I know, I know there are organizations that do it. I'm not saying there aren't any. I'm saying they should do it more. There should be more organizations that do it. I'm saying they should be more mainstream. This should be like a big thing that the pro-life movement is about. And I know I told you guys like five minutes ago to go man up. But it's not just that. It is also difficult, even as a man who's supposed to be, you know, tough and everything, to go on constantly every day. While being called all of these things, and not that I receive the worst criticism or anything, but and I know people have it much worse than me, but to have it much worse and all of these things people go through, constantly being called misogynist, sexist, whatever, and being hated for being a man, even when you didn't do anything, and even when most men obviously don't do anything. Even simple things like going to try to buy like a planner for school. A plan book. 
and being met with 500 girl power books, but nothing that's even, like, remotely gender neutral. Like, it, it, even small things like that get you down a bit over a while. And boys just don't have the same support system that women, that girls do. And women do. It's like, school is literally centered and built for women. It's all in in America, specifically. Because the entire system is about memorizing information and then regurgitating it back, which is something that girls are better at doing. It's all about sitting nicely in rows and walking in single file and oddly similar to jail, but we won't get into that right now. (laughs) And which are things girls are better at doing. Boys are more rowdy and more excitable. And schools are removing more and more and more of those th- those things that make boys like happy and make boys boys. In an attempt to make boys more like girls or just appeal more to girls. So the more society shifts and changes itself, just appeal girls, the worse it's going to be for boys. And boys are going to need some support. Like, if girls still need therapists and all this after getting the support of the entire society behind them, guys could probably use a little bit of something, too. Anyway, now that I've ranted for half an hour about what we should do, how we should actually go about doing it, in my opinion, all we really need to do is talk more about the problems that abortion causes men and talk more about why men should be pro-life like that's really it we just have to include men in the conversation more if we just talk more about men and give a little more focus to men in the pro-life movement like the effect i think is going to be very very great exponential even like we're going to see a big big increase in the amount of men that are going to be more active in the pro-life movement they'll be joining and all these things because men just need a little bit of support like we just need a little bit of a nudge because guys generally speaking are in a bit of a funk right now and a lot of us don't know what we're doing we don't have a way to go there are a lot of men that are kind of stuck hearing from a movement, especially nowadays, that they are their help is wanted. We see your problems. We want to help you and give you a better life. That is going to be life-changing for them. It's no wonder why people like Jordan Peterson, who make it this duty to support young men, have random people still come up to him and say, hey, Dr. Peterson, you changed my life. But it's just simple things like that. Like, if we could just say, hey, you know, we, we really need you guys to help here. I think a lot of men would step on up to the plate. And that would give us, a one, a big boost in participating members. And two, it would scare the crap out of Planned Parenthood and the abortionists. Even if they won't show it to us. Because they know that if men work together, and with women, that they are screwed. With the powerful mother instincts of women that have already taken us so far, 
and the protective instincts of strong men founded in God, which will take us just as far again. The pro-life movement is going to destroy Planned Parenthood and all the abortionists, and abortion will finally become nothing but a nightmare of the past. (sighs) Well, I started today's episode on kind of a weird note, or I guess a bad note because it was about the creepy demonic statue. So let's end it on a good note that is also relevant to what we're talking about today. You may have heard about a specific court case about a pro-life dad. His name is Mark Hoke. Hauk. I can't I can't really say the name. I'm sorry. Hauk. H-O-U-C-K. He he's the guy who he got arrested for praying outside an abortion clinic. Basically, um there was a man, a pro he was a piece of pro lifer, and he was a dad. He was caught on camera praying outside of an abortion clinic. And since this is apparently the Roman Empire, uh, they broke into his house and arrested him in violation of the FACE Act, which is one of the crappiest pieces of legislature that has ever gone through our government. And basically says, if you do anything that could even be remotely interpreted as trying to obstruct something in front of a Planned Parenthood, we can arrest you for up to 11 years. And we'll put you in jail for up to 11 years, specifically. Because these people are psychopaths and hate us. However, they lost. Mark, Mr. I'll call him Mr. Mark. I cannot say that name. I don't know why. He has one of those weird last names that looks super simple, but like it also could be pronounced 50,000 ways. So unless you heard the name, which I haven't, you don't know. So I'll call him Mark. Mark won the case. And then right after winning, guess what he did? With his attorneys and everybody, he prayed outside the courthouse. Because go suck it, Biden. <laughs> but like, actually, like they they can definitely suck it. These the, those guys suck a lot. I can't believe that they tried to arrest a guy for praying. They're doing the same thing in England too, and Brits. <laughs> anyway, uh, point being, it's very upsetting that we are falling into like the dark ages here. Like we're going back to the Roman Empire. With pagan statues and... Well, actually, well, no, we're going back to... Uh, depends on the, you know, the uh, time period. We could be Roman Empire because of the persecution of Christians for praying. Or we could be Old Testament with the pagan god statues. But there were also pagan god statues in Rome. So we could say we're back in the New Testament. Still not much better, but, you know, at least Jesus was around back then. So our good news for today is that Mark won his case, he's free, Joe Biden can go suck it, and in the end, we Christians will always win because we have God on our side. And God never loses. Ever. Since he's God, that would be kind of dumb if he lost. It would be, you know, a little bit, a little bit anticlimactic if the, uh, all-powerful God destined since the beginning of time to overthrow evil loses at any point. 
So no matter how beaten down you are, remember that the battle has actually already been won for us, and we are going to win in the end, as long as we keep the faith. Uh, in terms of my next episode, I don't really know what I'm going to do, honestly. Um, there are lots of things I could do, but I may wait until um, next week to... I'm well, not like the entirety of next week, but like may wait to see what's going on before I write it. Because there could be something crazy like the demon statue that got put up in New York City. This happened, like, right after I posted the episode. So, I mean, like, the day after. So, you know what? With pagan demon statues being put up in prominent cities, there's no telling what people are going to do anymore. So, I will definitely... Uh, you guys will have a surprise when uh, for the next episode. Because I... I not, so will I, because I don't know what I'm going to write about. Uh, anyway, if there's anything you want to write me about, you can definitely contact me through Gmail at weenietlc at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. Or on Twitter at weenietlc. Um, and that should be it. So thank you guys for watching the episode. God bless. And I'll see you guys later. TLC out. <laughs>